Welcome to Bloody Mary's, our queer horror movie review show. That's it. Um, <laughs> this show, we're talking about Spiral. From the Book of Saw. That's its full other name, yes, yes. a.k.a. Yeah. Well, I say that because it's the second film we've reviewed called Spiral. Yes, it And is. the other one was not from the Book of Saw. It was just its own book. Yes, of Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm on all fours with my mouth sewn to the anus of the person in front of me, <laughs> Sean. <laughs> and I'm the demonic voice in your head telling you to destroy the patriarchy, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> uh, some content notes for this episode. This is a super new film, so obviously it'll be riddled with spoilers, so make sure if you wish to view it, that you view it first. Um, there's also violence, murder, torture... And some swearing. Uh, Also, uh, apologies for our extended break. Um, It's because we've been taking advantage of being able to leave the house again. Yeah, it's been really novel. It has. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, unfortunately, this will be the last episode of season one. We thought we'd end on the nice round number of 28 episodes. <laughs> I thought this was 29. I oh. did, but I just double-checked oh. it's 28, which is slightly rounder than 29. It's, it's, more, it's more round. It is more round. <laughs> we can't guarantee that season two will also be 28 <laughs> episodes unless there's another global pandemic. Yeah. But we will be back after summer. Yes, for uh, sure. Hot goth summer. Hot goth summer it is. <laughs> So, here we am. Here we am once again. Once again. Uh, talking and about another film called Spiral. <laughs> Not uh, another one. Uh, did you know that there are actually... Well, actually, guess how many other films, horror films called Spiral? Oh, uh, six. Okay, you've ever shot the mark. It's Four. Correct! Yes! <laughs> uh, the other two are like Japanese ones. They look like it. I was thinking maybe we could do a Spiral themed. <laughs> we review them all. The next season will be all Spirals. <laughs> uh, but this one, uh, as we know, is just uh, called Spiral from the Book of Thought. Um, it's uh, 2021, the year of now, uh, American <laughs> horror film. Uh, it's the ninth installment of the Saw film series. Um, the film stars Chris Rock, uh, Max Mingella or Mingella, uh, Marisol Nichols, who's the glamorous Kardashian uh, yes. captain. <laughs> Chief Inspector Kardashian. Uh, yes. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson. And follows the police officers to stop a jigsaw copycat killer. So I wonder, I know that some of our listeners um, don't actually watch horror films. They just like to hear us talk about them. <laughs> I wonder if we should give a very brief summary about the premise of Saw. Okay. Do you want to go for that? Fine. So the premise is, it's a serial killer who um, who targets people that he thinks need to kind of redeem themselves and prove they're like, uh, either atone for something or prove their kind of uh, appreciation of being alive, alive um, by setting them traps. And the traps are able, throughout the whole series, they do get... Uh, kind of more uh, elaborate, and more silly. elaborate and silly, yeah. and also harder <laughs> to survive as well. But um, there would be things like, so for example, um, I can't think of an example. So there's one where, 
What's I forget what she has to do when she's got to open the cage. Yeah, there's one where basically a cage is locked into this woman's mouth and it'll like basically like flip open and crack it's like her a reverse, skull open. It's like a reverse bear trap and it's attached yeah. to a jaw. So, yeah. um, and I think it's that the key is in her inside of her or something and she has to dig it out of her body to get yeah, it to unlock it's, it. Yeah, it's something like that. So like the, the idea is that you will end up probably injured... But in a survivable way. In a survivable way, but if you're able to do it. She actually she's got to fish the um the key out of someone's kidney, somebody else's body. Oh. I can't remember what but anyway, yeah. so it, it they tend to be people like people who've either done something bad or sometimes it's like sex workers or drug yeah, drug well, addicts. I was just thinking those are really bad, those ones where it's like they're drug addicts yes. and they have to prove they want to stay alive. It's like yeah, uh... so, And then it's so it's all around this guy who calls himself Jigsaw, and it turns out he's got terminal cancer, which he keeps surviving for about six <laughs> six films. Um and it gets more and more elaborate. But this one follows a similar premise, but you don't actually need to really have followed the rest of them. Yeah, um, you don't have to see the other ones to, to watch this one. It's kind of so it alludes to it, and it follows a similar sort of structure, but there are some slight differences. Yeah, it only very loosely alludes to it, like the, like even like hardly actually. So it's the yeah. same standalone almost, yeah. except for the fact it's a copycat. Yeah, and um, the um, and like it's odd because one of the like calling cards of Jigsaw was that he would cut a little uh, jigsaw shaped bit out of their skin. Oh yeah. Um. And that doesn't recur in this, but the symbol of the spiral does. And the spiral appeared in the original film because he was... So John Kramer was the name of the guy yeah. who was Jigsaw. Basically, you would come around after being knocked out, knocked out and you'd be in this trap and you, there'd be a TV there that would start playing and there'd be like this little kind of like clown mannequin yeah, uh, with white... That was like a white face and then like these red spirals. His name's his Billy cheeks. the Puppet. I didn't know that until oh, I was doing the research this film. Sort of disappointingly yeah. banal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's Billy. And sometimes he rides a little bike. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, the voice would be like, uh, like kind of masked with one of those like, well, it's time to play a game, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, and in this one, they don't even use the same puppet. Um, but no. the pig is also a recurring thing from the original one. Yes. So the guy, the person who would like capture them, um, would be dressed in a pig's mask in the original one. Not in all of them, but yeah, like towards the end of this, the, the franchise. No, in the first one. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, the significance of the pig mask is never clear, but um, but in this one it relates to p- the police, presumably. Yes. And then they also have a little mannequin as well. There's more like a marionette-like puppet mm. that's a pig in a police uniform. But anyway... That, yes. that's, that's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, this is, uh, yeah, the first film in the story, in the Saw series, not to be released in October. Apparently all the other ones were. Um, obviously it's to do with, it was actually like ready last, in 2019, the film. Um, but they've had to like push it back and, they've actually pushed it back and pulled it forward and pushed it back a million times. Why? What's uh, happened? Oh, I don't know. No. Nothing that I can think of. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they they tried to. Is it anyway? That I was going to go on a tangent about what other films it was in a clash with, but I can't remember what other things been released. I can't even remember tomorrow or yesterday. <laughs> well, Quiet Place. Yeah. Two. Um, but Two. there was like I had another Halloween reboot film that was meant to be coming out, and I don't know if that's already come out. Uh, Candyman is another one that's yeah. been pushed back. But yeah. Anyway, um, so it's directed by uh, Darren Lynn Boozman. Um, this is the fourth, his fourth in the series. He directed two, three, and four. Um, and it's written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger. 
um, who wrote the Jigsaw one. Um, so, uh, talk some another Saw installment began uh, after the release of Jigsaw in 2017 with Chris Rock wanting to branch out into the horror genre. Uh, Rock approached Lionsgate with his idea of extending the franchise, who became very interested in the concept. I didn't know he was such a big sway. I mean, like, maybe he's a big deal. I well, know. I mean, if you think about the other ones, there are no big, like, known names in them. Oh, um, it's a largely unknown cast. Um, yeah. And the first one in particular had some dreadful acting. It felt like... it felt Not like this one. No, this one is <laughs> profound. Uh, all uh, Royal Shakespeare Company alumni... <laughs> Um, so, uh, the Spearig brothers, who directed Jigsaw, were originally interested, but then decided, nah, for no reason I can find out. Well, they might um, have seen the script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, pro- the project was officially announced in May 2019. I said it wasn't ready in May 2019. With Christopher apparently reworking, us, reworking a script by Stolberg and Goldfinger. Um, so, um... Even though Spiral has less violence than the previous Saw and Saw ones, it ended up being like some of the biggest battles the director had to face to get it through uh, censorship, apparently, which is quite strange because I don't think it's that more gruesome. But apparently, I think it's a lot less gruesome. Yeah, like apparently, it's specifically about that finger trap scene was like um, oh. was apparently a lot longer and a lot more gruesome, but I can't really understand how. Um, I guess you probably just saw more and it was slower. Yeah. Um, and, um, and apparently there was a trap that consisted of someone getting their face cut off that got cut um, from the film. Was it um, not um, where the person skinned alive? You saw a little bit where they were getting their face cut off, but you couldn't have shown much of that because it would have given away the twist. Yeah, I wonder actually whether that means that it was filmed or whether they just couldn't do it at all and had to do something else because maybe that's because it was obviously there's like an allusion to it because he talks about something about faces. I think you would have had to have filmed it for it to be run past the censors and then say no. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, uh, so uh, speaking about how the actors and how they felt in the traps, um, he said of uh, Captain Angie Garcia. Um, uh, a captain. I was going to say Napoleon Dynamite. Kardashian. So the reason we call it we call it is because she looks like a Kardashian. Yeah, she's, she's like beautiful. she's like the head of the police department, but she's also like a glamorous babe with like glossy who looks who looks like, like in her thirties. Yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently it was like. Uh, so apparently, yeah, she was really tied down, and at that angle, everything's going up her nose and down her throat. So that was really hitting it. Um, and, um, it's a bit like being waterboarded. It is pretty much being waterboarded, isn't it? Yeah. So the trap is her lying over her face with this. It's almost like a core like or something. A, like, a, like a muslin cloth. Um, yeah, over her face. And then hot wax is being dripped over her face so that she would eventually suffocate and also burn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, they're quite intense. Um, uh, when I was about the film scenes of police corruption and murderous cops... Cats, just oh. to go back to that. Oh, yeah. Considering her face is covered, do you think they just get a stunt person in? I didn't really understand why the face was covered. Um, like, because there's no need for it. Because like, I think if it wasn't covered, it would burn you, but not necessarily suffocate you. you. Yeah, it, it's, it's exactly the premise <clears throat> of waterboarding. Um, 
I, I, I've, I've partaken of waterboarding I many a time, as you know. <laughs> um, that sounds like sort of water sports. Yes. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when asked about the film's theme of the police corruption and murderous cops in terms of the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, he said, we weren't trying to deliver an overtly, uh, overly weighted political message. A critical thing for us was that we were going to focus on corrupt cops uh, that it was paramount for us to have a hero cop as well. Um, mm. uh, which is an interview with Chris Rock. Um, but then somebody, like another review, points out that it's actually, like, it isn't that subtle in the critique of, like, police brutality and the abuse of authority in the film, so it's not like... I don't really... Yeah, I think his... I think he was just trying to appease an interviewer or something. Yeah, it's funny, though, because, like, just after we finished watching the film, I looked up what Chris Rock's response to Black Lives Matter was, uh, like, to the, uh, like, George Floyd and stuff. And he used to do this whole big bit about how um, uh, police always say that it's, like, one bad apple and that he says that that's, like, a a cop-out because um, it's a system that is... Faulted, and it's also kind of quite a twee way of referring to a murderer, um, like oh, little bad apple. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but which, and I thought it was kind of unusual that then he went to such great pains to play the good apple. I don't know, like um, yeah, um, was... the, the, the good apple who also wasn't isn't playing by the rules either. He's not the best apple. He's not the best apple because. Slightly he, bruised. He is slightly bruised because at the beginning he's doing an undercover sting without telling anyone, like kind of off yeah. the record. He kind of goes a bit rogue. That whole um, bit was a bit like comedy. Like, um, well, I think it, a lot of it was trying to be comedy and it just didn't land to me. Yeah. I found it an utterly joyless film. Well, the other thing I wasn't going to do was just like, why as well assume we're talking about Chris Rock as a person, was that, um, like, I, was, I remember him being problematic and I couldn't remember why. And it ended up being that, like, um, that it came up recently that, like, well, a few years ago that he had, like, an old comedy show that was being shown on some airline that basically featured him saying the word faggot. Um, mm. I'm sorry, F-bomb. Um, and, um, and then, like, um, and so it got, count- he got, it got, it got, like, edited out on the flight or something. And then there was another thing about, um, Tracy Jordan, the comedian, having a bit in one of his comedy shows that said about like how he'd shoot his son if he turned out to be gay. Mm. Um, and then Chris Rock kind of defended him, saying, well, you know, saying like it's like, you know, comedians just like say things to be funny and we shouldn't be like policing them to like all this stuff. Mm. Um, eventually he like, like said like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Apparently he was forced by Glad like to kind of like, eventually mm. like, like apologize, but. Um, he then recently went on to say a whole lot of stuff about like, oh, you can't say anything anymore as a comedian. That like everyone's going to get upset, and it's just like really blah blah blah. Uh-huh. It's like, oh my god, just shut up. And he was like, oh, the biggest critics of the audience. If they don't laugh, then we know. And it's like, well, really, but also if you have a platform and you're a huge famous person that people look up to, if you're set, like saying kind of like homophobic or transphobic or anything, like. In, it's that's, in, it's, it's inviting them to laugh at it exactly mm. um, and trying to make, yeah anyway we don't need to go into why he's wrong but <laughs> yeah. like, um, I mean also it's worth saying you can't act this shit can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so I like he's not like he's not like cancelled but he's not like the best anyway <laughs> no. um, but yeah anyway so um so back to the film. Um, they decided for this film that they wanted to ha- have its own spoopy voice and they didn't want it to be like 
the old ones. Um, I was trying to remember, actually, in the old ones. Did some of them, they use a voice synthesizer to make it sound like the guy, don't they? Yeah. And it's not actually him. But from, um, yeah. I, I like that they changed the voice in this, actually. I thought it was, because it sounds almost, it sounds a bit like those, uh, I don't know what they're called, but like, you know, like Stephen Hawking's has the thing where... It is, yeah, it's, like, it's an electronic voice, yeah, because apparently they went through, like, well, this guy, the director says 200 to maybe 300 different ideas for the voice, which I find a little bit far-fetched, but <laughs> um, apparently they tried to, like, having a, a kid's voice... Uh, female voice, old man voice, and then computer simulated voices. Mm. And it wasn't until like the final mixing stage that they actually decided on what that voice that they were going to use. What voice would you have used? Oh, God. I, the one that came to my head was you doing that impression of that person in Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Go on, do so, it for the audience. It's like literally my worst thing. <laughs> Which obviously I love. So so this, this, the TV series about Chernobyl, there's a character, I can't remember what, he plays some like, uh, some like sort of uh, Ukrainian like official, which yeah. I mean, I guess most of the characters are. And he's got a sort of surprisingly high voice <laughs> and he sounds a little bit northern and he talks like this. And he's like, oh no, the, the reactor's exploding <laughs> in Chernobyl. Uh, and I think we probably could have prevented it. Um, um, <laughs> been strongly doing this way since we watched that maybe last year, um, and uh, ongoing just to wind me up. She just like, yeah, like uh, fingers down a chalkboard to me now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, um, Hello, Inspector Kardashian. <laughs> it's time to play a game. <laughs> you are suspended in the reactor at Chernobyl. <laughs> Final thing is that obviously we've already mentioned it, but the um, <laughs> the, the Billy the puppet was obviously also retired. Um, my favorite thing about Billy the puppet from the Saw films is when he's on his little tricycle yeah. and he just cycles onto the set like, "Here I come! Here comes the drama!" <laughs> Can you remember when I dressed up as Billy the puppet for Halloween? Oh, you yeah. painted the spirals on my cheeks, yeah. on my little rosy cheeks. Lovely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the director said it felt right to ditch him in place of a new thing. But I realised they didn't actually have a new... Well, they did actually. They had the little pig puppet, I guess. But mm. pig puppet wasn't as good as Billy. No, not as charming. Not as charming. No. And also, I liked the way that Billy was like kind of motorised as well, so his head would like turn. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, maybe I've made this up, but sometimes his mouth would open and the recorder was in his mouth. Yeah, he had like, like almost like a nutcracker mouth. It would open, yeah. Yeah. You've got a nutcracker mouth. You've got a nutsucker mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like an appropriate moment for him. Bye bye. <laughs> film starts on some beautiful fireworks and we pan down and we see this sort of a sort of I don't know festival or it's carnival July. oh is it I didn't mm. realise that um, and uh, this guy with a sort of Panama hat strolling through the, the by alone through the crowd and then like gets bumped by somebody who then goes on to he's also wearing a funny hat yeah he's wearing like an American hat which now makes sense that it's the 4th of July that he's wearing this funny kind of American flag hat um, and then he bumps this woman and like she goes my purse he's got my purse and he <laughs> my goes, pocketbook and he he um, he goes oh fuck and he goes like police stop and he's like chasing the guy 
and uh, he goes down through between these kind of like porta potties and then down uh, uh, and then down some like hole into the ground and uh, it's like the guy goes like you did not just go down there it's like oh <laughs> shut up the dialogue's uh, very strong yeah um, so he goes down into uh, this sort of shaft like a train line thing and uh, he sees what he thinks is the guy and runs up to him and just like kicks him it turns out to be a mannequin with the hat on um, and uh, before you know it piggy mask face turns up and uh and, and I was going to say breathalyzes him or something. Uh, <laughs> just, just need to uh, check that you're uh, sober <laughs> enough to come in here. Uh, and uh, chloroforms him. Uh, he wakes up on a, like, a train track and um, his tongue is clamped and he's like still in a stepladder, I think. Yeah, he's like suspended by his arms and his tongue is clamped. Yeah. Um, and the, the piggy person on the TV screen that's in, in there, plugged in somehow, um, uh, <laughs> says, uh, says something about like, you lie in the courtroom and so you must now, uh, jump off to pull your tongue out in time to stop the train killing you. Mm. Um, and then he's just like, for a bit and then um, and then he just like doesn't do it in time he jumps off and pulls his tongue out and the train hits him so, yeah, so, so it's the worst of both worlds yeah. really so this is one of the things that I thought marked a decline in the quality of the Saw films which do decline very rapidly but I do still kind of love them all um, except for this one surely. except for this one yeah surely <laughs> surely um, the um the speed. The, the, so in in the first one, maybe yeah. In the first one, they've they've all got quite a long time to solve to get out of their traps. So you get a bit more where they're kind of considering what to do, and then by the second and third one, that everything is timed and they've got like thirty seconds. And it's like it takes away some of the suspense because it's just like, okay, well I'm gonna do this and then it's too late and then I die anyway. Yeah. And in in the first one, maybe in the first few there are things where you kind of you know that they can potentially get out of that yeah. trap, but it's going to be awful to watch. But on this one, it's just like, well, they're all going to die anyway, because you kind of, kind of got used to it by this point. Yeah. And in a few of them, they do the challenge, the horrible thing happens to them where they lose their fingers or whatever, and they still die. Yeah. And I think it, it takes away a lot of the... Um, sort of tension. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, and then we cut to uh, Chris Rock and a team of uh, bad-looking guys in a hotel room. <laughs> and... Um, Chris Rock's doing this whole dis- like disgusting speech about Forrest Gump and talking about like how like yeah like Forrest like Jenny only gets with Forrest after she gets uh, HIV and and like it's all meant to be funny. It's like it's like, basically sounds like he's doing like a stand up bit, but it's meant to be like serious or oh, something. Yeah, and he's like saying uh, that they wouldn't make that film now because he's obviously got special needs, and he's like, you can't say the R word or blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. It's just like those are really problematic bullshit. It's like really irrelevant. So I see you crowbarring and your kind of shit material into yeah. this film to try and like show you're really clever or something, but it was just like awful. Yeah, and he's um, like, I'm not woke. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they, they all like put on, they pull on like ski masks. They're, I think they're in a hotel or something. Anyway, so they pull on ski masks and they like bust into this guy's room and it's like sort of like stereotypical drug like bust room where this guy's like snorting coke off a table and there's like a drugged up like glamorous woman on the bed and there's piles of cash everywhere. Mm. And he's like, I want all the money now, I want all of it. Um, and um, so then they like, they, 
they leave and they get in an elevator which has like a kind of cool sports car in it um, and then they like come down the elevator and waiting outside is all an the elevator cool. with a cool sports car I have literally no memory of this oh, okay. well it does happen um, <laughs> I can't believe you're making and, up that um, and then um, they open the doors and there's like all the police and the blue flashing lights outside and they're like police um, and there's oh, a police uh, the police are coming up to the car one of them goes Zeke? Um, and uh, cut back to the station it's like a classic kind of like one of the, it, this kind of scene used to happen a lot in the 80s and 90s in like cop comedies where it's like the naughty cop goes undercover um, and then like without the captain's permission but he gets results um, and, you know and then they have this big shouting match and anyway so the captain is at, at the beginning it's got the vibes that it's trying to be a bit of a buddy comedy but it's never funny no um it's really, it's weird. It's a, a like bloody a drama. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. It's like trying to mash up like comedy with horror, but it's the, none of the comedy and I, and also like, like the, the more like of, cop stuff, I guess. Yeah, all of the earlier Saw films were inherently quite funny because they took themselves very seriously. Yeah, yeah, they were very <laughs> earnest and also kind of all, like very campy. Yeah, and, and this just doesn't have any of that. Like, it's not funny. It's not like it's not even silly enough to be. Yeah, it, it's also it's got, probably got more in line with, and obviously in terms of quality, it's got nothing in line with this. But in terms of like the genre, it's got more in line with something like uh, Silence of the Lambs, where it's like a it's like a cop kind of investigative thing. Yeah, it's like a thing. cop like thriller, I guess almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, anyway, so they have this like class stereotypical argument, um, and the the boss who's like uh, Captain Kardashian um, is just like. <laughs> You need a partner, which is another standard like joke mm. thing from old. We'll films. give you the it's rookie. Like, yeah, he's like, I don't need no partner, and it's like you get the rookie. And it's like I don't want no rookie. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so he's not happy, but the rookie is like, all like, hi, I'm here. I like to work with you. Hello, um, I'm eager, willing yeah. to learn. Um, and he says, and so the rookie, they go back to Destiny. The rookie goes, how do you take your coffee in the morning? And Chris Rock goes. Alone. So, all right, bratty baby. Um, anyway, so they um, they all get well. They get called to a crime scene. Uh, Chris Rock and uh, the rookie. Um, and um, on the way, like to the actual thing, there's another big like like monologue from Chris Rock talking about how all women are awful and cheat on their mm. husbands and um, all this stuff. It just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. It's just like. This all could have been cut. It's definitely just like his sort of like weird little passion project that he was able yeah. to crowbar in this nonsense. Anyway, so they finally get to the corpse. <laughs> um, Which they are under the impression is just a homeless man that's being hit by the train. Yeah, but they soon realise he has a Fitbit. Um, and poor and, people can't afford Fitbits. Yes. Um, and yeah, the, the corpse is like all over the train tracks. It's the tongue guy, just to be clear. <laughs> um, and, um, and so yeah, he's all over the place. Um, and they're just like, wow, um, <laughs> wow, wow, that's awful. Um, anyway, so they get back to the station and, um, and they get a little blue box delivered, like Chris Rock does, and it's like, inside of it, there's like a USB. It's one of my favourite things as well, that the, the person's ma- like made the USB look all grungy. <laughs> um, like it is actually just a fully functional USB yeah. stick, wrapped beautifully uh, gift wrapped. Yeah. Like, the blue box is like a gold ribbon. Yeah, 
Um, and yeah, I can just imagine them being like, actually, this is starting to look a bit gay. I'm going to muddy this up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rough USB stick. Um, crimey. Uh, anyway, um, so so yeah, they put the USB in, and there's a video, and it's like from Piggy. And is it the, is it the Piggy Cop or the like, the Piggy Cop puppet? That's no, we don't or, see that just yet. No, uh, it's just oh no, it's just a spiral on the wall, isn't it? With a voice, yes. Um, and it's like basically like the gist is like. Uh, one of your cops is bad, and we, we need to try and weed them out. And I yeah, gave them shots, the and they didn't do, and now they're dead. And mm. So they find the tongue in the box with this, this badge as well. Um, one of them recognizes the location of the spiral, it's like outside a courthouse, um, and that's to do with. Like, no, that's where they find the tongue. <clears throat> oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, yes, that's weird actually that they. Do it differently. That sometimes the body parts get to the station. Sometimes they have to find them. Anyway, um, so so yeah, they uh, yeah that's where they find the token box, um, and it's because of his like lying in the courthouse. That's why it's there. And it's also got his badge yeah. there, which is how they're able to identify him as uh, as the policeman. The policeman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so um, so then there's like they go back to the station and like. There's like basically there's some ongoing drama the where like everyone hates him or everyone hates Chris Rock's character because he w- once ratted someone out a million years ago or something, and so they're all like, "You're not one of us. You're just a piece of yeah, shit." A bit. There might be earlier where there's like someone's left a rat on his desk. Yeah. Like um, anyway, and then like and then the captain's like gives the case to O'Brien. And, uh, and O'Brien. It's my case. I found the body. I figured it all out. It should be mine. And, and um, also, the, there's reference later to the fact that um, that because he's not very popular, he's just sent to the kind of like homeless man has died sort of cases, not like big ones, oh, which is why he was assigned to this one. Um. So so yeah. So then like he they they go into the toilets. Uh, him and uh, the Kardashian cop. And uh, she concedes and says, yes, you can have the case. So he goes back out there and he goes like, I know some of you hate me because you think I'm a rat or, or that I fucked your mum. But I, I can do a good job and you have to listen to me. Um, anyway, so that him, that's him taking charge. Um, so uh, cut to he's back at his flat and um, he finds Samuel L. Jackson just casually there. Um, uh, Playing himself. Yes. What are you doing here, Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> um, but it turns out that Samuel L. Jackson is actually his dad. Um, you know, I, I'm very surprised that Samuel L. Jackson is in this film. It must have been a favour for Chris Rock. Yeah, because like he, he he's either in brilliant things or in shit things, but the shit things, like Deep Blue Sea and Snakes on a Plane, <laughs> right. are like kind of good shit like yeah, they're yeah. so shit that they're good whereas this is just like a very underwhelming yeah. tenth ninth film in a series yeah. that has already died like it's just odd that he yeah I think yeah um, yeah I think it must have been Chris Rock pulling in favours yeah. um, so anyway um, so yeah, it turns out that someone else is his dad and, uh, and there's a whole like backstory as well about his dad being a really great cop and he's basically living in his shadow the whole time um, and so then they have some banter about how they're not very close and, um, and someone else is like, I never saw my dad. And 
what do you want? Like food or something? Um, and then they're just like, yeah, okay, well, let's have some food tonight, maybe. And maybe we can talk about the case, maybe. And then he well, leaves. Can't wait! Yeah. <laughs> have, um, have we already had the point where um, the rookie says that he really looks up to the dad and he's the reason that he's doing, that he wants to be in the force? That, uh, I don't know where that bit is, but I didn't write it down, so it's worth mentioning. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so back at the station, oh uh, yeah, so they're looking, they're trying to through the footage of like, and all the evidence from like around the, the scene of what happened to the tongue cob. Um, and, um, he says, and yeah, he, like, Chris Rock goes, I've been staring at this shit for five hours. I don't even watch porn that long. So, well done. Well, of course, because you've got, like, a full-time job. And also, like, who does? Like, anyway, um... Tis but a means to an end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it turns out the cameras that they need are, like, broken, um, in the area that they need them. Um, so they, um, they go downtown, like, two of the other cops, um, to find the footage, and they find, like, a, uh, like a, I don't know what it is, like a, what like a pawn shop, like, porn spelled P-A-W-M. Oh a pornography shop. <laughs> um, anyway, um, and the guy's a camera, and they see that, like, um, it's, uh, he says, oh, that's that tweaker, Benny, um, and, uh, and then what did the, you say a tweaker means? A tweaker is like some kind of drug addict, but I don't know what kind. I think it might be math or crack. Or I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Um, but anyway, so he's like, just a tweaker, Benny. I know him. And the woman cop is his partner. Goes like, should we call it in? He's like, no, fuck Zeke. I'm going to go find Benny. <laughs> um, so, so the detective goes to this random warehouse, um, uh, where apparently Benny always is. Um, uh, it's just like a single mattress on a floor in a giant abandoned warehouse. It's like, I don't know about this, but fine. <laughs> um, so he goes and he's like, Benny, Benny. Um, and he goes to the bed, like the mattress, and he like kicks it again, which uh, obviously cops love to kick things. Um, and it turns out it's uh, uh, a mannequin with a pig head. Or I think something. it's just a pig head. Yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, um, uh, <laughs> oh, um, and then a, a piggy mask face comes up and chloroforms him. Mm. Um, so I actually thought that was one of the best visuals in the film, actually. Oh. Where, so he does it by like kind of stretching a sheet over his face from behind. And it, it was just kind of a cool shot because you could still make out all of his features through the sheet as he was kind of like, like choking in the fumes. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, he wakes up and he's in a trap in the water and his fingers are in these kind of like... So he's, it's almost metal. like a little bathtub, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, and his fingers are in these like metal, like individually metal wrapped things mm-hmm. with chains attached to them. Um, and he has a metal thing on his head, which actually doesn't really come into it, but it's there anyway. It does. Okay. But anyway, so we're not going to, we, uh-huh. we now cut away from that scene for a while. Um... So, um, so Zeke goes over to his dad's place, Samuel Jackson, um, for dinner to discuss the case as arranged. Um, and there's a little guy waiting, um, and he takes the food and he lets himself in. Um, Zeke then has a flashback to the dad being angry about him turning in the dirty cop, like, way back when. Mm. Um, uh, back at the station, uh, there's another delivery in a beautiful blue box. Um, <laughs> and, uh... And I've written these names quite badly. It's the pig puppet. 
Oh no, I guess they put in you know, the USB and so the pig puppet saying something. Yeah, and the pig puppet shows a car. Uh, yeah, it's got the spiral on it, and they recognise the car, yes. the like parking lot thing. Yeah, they recognise the bridge or the something yeah. where it is. Um, so they go down um, and they open the car, and this like pig cadaver falls out, and there's another box, um, and within these boxes, uh, <laughs> within these boxes, within these boxes, <laughs> um, uh, fingers um, and the badge, and it's Detective Fitch. Um, it's Detective Fingers, of course. It's Detective Fitch Fingers. It <laughs> <laughs> actually is. Um, <laughs> oh, I recognise these Fitchy Fingers. <laughs> fitchy Fingers! Um, anyway, so Fitchy Fingers. It reminds me of uh, the League of Gentlemen yeah. film where. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if she's called Bernice, the Reverend, goes, Get your fishy fingers away from my communion. <laughs> Your fitchy fingers. <laughs> um, so they end up finding, I don't know how, it's not d- disclosed, but we end, they end up finding his body in the warehouse nearby, I guess. Um, and uh, then you have a flashback to the trap and what actually happens to him. Which is as follows. So he wakes up and it says that uh, that he... Oh, yeah, I've He shot... Did he shoot someone? Yeah, he shot someone for insulting him or something. Oh, yeah, and then it shows the CCTV, and he obviously got away with it. Yeah. Um, and it looked like he'd, like, pulled someone over, so it was probably, we can assume he probably pulled over a black man. Yeah. Um, and uh, the so he says, because your fingers pulled the trigger, you know, you have to sacrifice your fingers. And the way that he does it, so the water is slowly rising, and he calls it the tide of justice. Ah! <laughs> And there's some copper wires hanging down. And when the water level hits copper copper wires, he'll be electrocuted. But if he bites down on this thing that's on yeah, his that's face, right, it triggers brace. the motor that pulls his fingers off. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he does that. And his fingers are so like, torn off. But again, it's another case where it's not quick enough and he gets electrocuted. Yeah, I think it's because he hesitates and unclenches his jaw. Yeah. Uh, so the machine stops wearing, and by that time, the water's filled up. But yeah, so again, he still manages to lose his fingers and die. Yeah. Uh, so, um... So then there's a weird side bit where Chris Rock, even though, like... I don't know how they know about... Oh, they do... Oh, because the partner mentions about Benny. Um, and so then there's this side story where basically um, Chris Rock and the, the partner go to... Uh, a dealer's house. Um, what is the rookie's name? Do you remember? I've just I've only written rookie throughout. I don't know. Well, let's call him Inspector Rookie. Inspector Rookie. Um, so uh, uh, Inspector Rookie and Chris Rocky um, <laughs> go to this dealer's house uh, to try and find out more about Benny. But it, like, there's a whole stupid bit where he like explodes a blue paint bomb in his face, and then like mm-hmm. there's like he uses a machine gun and shoots down a wall, and then like. He then, like, crushes him down and sort of breaks his leg and then, like, pours, like, alcohol in it to try and get information about Benny. Yeah. Um, and, um... It seems a bit excessive just to find out who Benny is. Well, <laughs> and the stupid thing is they already know who Benny is and the only information they get is that he hasn't seen him for a couple of days. So it's just like... <laughs> it's like, well, okay. sorry for the, the inky face and the broken leg. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then Inspector Rookie is like, Go snitch as they leave. It's like, oh, that was all weird. Anyway, um, I think it's just to get some, like, gun drama in it or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, 
So, um, so Chris Rock goes back to his dad's house again, and he's still missing. Um, back to the station, they get another box, um, this time with a pig puppet in it. Um, and, um, it has like a, the, it's just a the pig puppet head and the body is made of like flesh. Um, and, uh, it says something like, am I getting under your skin, detective? Um, and, um, and there's something also about fate heads or like faces or something. Anyway, um, so he recognizes the tattoo on the flesh is like, his his partner Inspector Rookie Inspector Rookie's uh, tattoo apparently is well it was his, uh, his son's, son's name. name Charlie, um, so then he has this sort of weird little they keep doing this weird like directorial bit where it cuts to him and it must be what's in his mind happening and he's screaming but it mm. cuts back to his face and he's he's fine he's not screaming yeah um, <laughs> so, very art house yes anyway um, so they also find this little tiny paint bottle in the box. Um, that refers to some kind of uh, old shop that um, that Chris Rock recognises, and he's like, "Oh yes, that shop." My dad used to take me there. Yeah, and so they go there, and it's changed. Yeah, so it used to be like a paint shop, like a hobby shop. Yeah, and now it's a butcher's. Yeah, so they go back into the back room, and there's like a completely skinned cadaver have hung up. Um, and, uh, he's like, no. He's very sad because Rookie is dead. Rookie is dead. Um, so, then, um, while he's there, they get a call about another cop being attacked by a piggy man, and they go... Ah, yes, because what the message on the thingy said, so that they put the USB in, because there was USB in with the puppet, and they see... The, the piggy puppet, mm. like, kind of pulling a gun, like, um, and it says that, um, the, it says something like, uh, you know, s- someone else is going to be attacked and then we're coming for your head. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and so while he's at the, the, the scene with the cop who got attacked by the piggy man, who, he just got, like, some weird slashes on his arm. Anyway, um, and uh, he's like, this is weird. And then he goes like, oh no, coming for the head, that means Captain Kardashian. Yeah, he realises that it was a, a, play, a very clever piggy play on words. Yes, um, so she at the station is like, hey guys, I'm going down to the evidence room for some reason. Um, <laughs> don't, I'm just going to go by myself, don't worry about me. Oh, yeah, um, leave me alone. Yeah, leave me, I wa- don't want to be disturbed. Just going for some me time in the yeah. evidence room. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so she goes down there, she sees, uh, Piggy Man, and, um, and he throws some, like, smoke bombs, which I guess are, like, some kind of, like, uh... Like, gassy thing. Gas, like, to knock her out. Um, she wakes up, and she's in her trap, uh, which is, like, she's, like, tied to, like, strapped down, and, um, she's got, like, a, sort of, like, a, like, fabric over her face, um, so you can kind of see through it, and there's like a dripping tap above her head, um, and it's sort of making a sizzling noise. Um, and he says, like, basically, so basically, and there's a blade at the back of her neck from which she's lying down, and it basically says, like, you have to sever your, your spinal your cord. Your neck's on the line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sever your spinal cord, or you're gonna drown, get scalded to death by boiling wax. Suffocate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which I think is one of the more extreme things because it's like you will either be completely paralysed from the waist down or you will be dead. 
Well, they're from the head down. It's like... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so... Um, like, it just doesn't seem very fair. And I know it was obviously it's not fair, but, like, I think in the earlier ones, there was a level of, like, oh, this guy at least thinks he's being reasonable. Yeah, and, like, you're, like you might lose, like, like, a hand or something, or, like, it'd be scarred, but you'd survive. Anyway, well, obviously, there's no, yeah. So, um... So she doesn't do it, and she gets covered in boiling hot wax and screams a lot. And uh, and by the time they get down to the evidence room, um, she's there, set up in her trap, and she's dead. And, um, and I don't know why he even does this, but he then peels back the the, the fabric from her face, and it right, peels off her flesh, skin, yeah. like comes off with it. Um, so yeah, she's pretty dead. Um, so. Uh, Zeke goes um, back to oh yeah so so then they look at like the the footage and there's like a bit missing and they find like a police badge number that is related to I guess it's Inspector Rookie I don't really understand this I think you missed out a bit here where they in fact quite an important bit which is before Inspector Rookie is killed he says do you have any enemies because they think it might be potentially aimed at Chris Rock. Yeah. Um, and they don't know if the reason he's getting the boxes is because he's investigating that he's the head of the case or if because maybe someone's got a vendetta against him. And he, he's like, yes, I do have one person that doesn't like me. And they they go to this church. Well, and yes. But this I happens was, much earlier. I know, but it was kind of... I, I'm getting to this. So okay. um, unless you think I missed something. So, then we can but so basically, they noticed that someone's ordered into the system and deleted the footage. Um, it's, I think, the badge number of Inspector Rookie, because he says, how did he get the, the access to this so early on in his career? Um, and so then um, the, he thinks, oh, wait, he met Inspector Rookie at the church, the rat guy, and so maybe he used his badge details to get in and hack it. So when they're, like, saying, oh, do you have any enemies? He's like, oh, wait, I know, it's the guy I ratted out, um, who he knows lives in this church, like, basement. So he goes to the church to try and find him, is like screaming his name, and at that point the piggy man gets him. So, um, so then he um, has a weird flashback. Oh no, there's a flashback to what's happened to Daddy L. Jackson, who has been disappeared for ages, um, and uh, it shows that he was investigating on the DL, and he found a place with like loads of spirals, and then painters like, "You want to play a game, Captain?" Was it? Oh yeah, Banks, Bill Parks. Um, and Where was the dad when he got piggied? Uh, well, this is the thing that dad's been missing for like days. Um, because he, he on the phone, he's like, "Dad, I've been covering for you, and you've been gone for like days. I don't know where you are because he's been missing since they went to have that meal." Um, so this is the flashback to what happened to the dad. Um, did he, but he didn't get taken from his flat, did he? No. Then he, who ordered the takeaway? Oh yeah. Lord Maybe the piggy ordered the takeaway! I am quite peckish after all that. Anyway. That's why, for, for me, the timeline wasn't adding up because of that. I was just like, I don't really understand how long the dad's been gone Unless, for. I suppose maybe you can order it, like, you know, like in advance or a bit later. <laughs> like, let's have dinner tonight. I'll order it now, just, just to <laughs> save same time while I go and investigate. <laughs> um, so he's poking around um, and he finds the pig puppet. And then, uh, then the piggy man gets him. 
Um, so then flash back to now, um, and Zeke wakes up in a room with a handcuff and a hacksaw, and it looks like, uh, and he's like handcuffed to a pipe, and it looks like it's the same as like the first film, where he has to like, saw his hand off, um, and, uh, and but instead... And also the music starts to be like the music of the original films. It's such a weird, that bit's such a weird, but the, the, the weirdest thing about that bit is that then he just finds a bobby pin and just manages to get the handcuff off, and it's like... Whoa. Well, he's being tested though, isn't he? Um, so I, it was obviously left there for him, because his test is whether or not he saves the guy hanging. Yeah, but what if you didn't find the bobby pin? Anyway. Just um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then, um, he, he sees somebody on a, on a chair with like, um, chained up with, um, with a bag over their head and, uh, he unveils it and it turns out to be the, the guy that he ratted out that he was looking for. Um, and, uh, Piggy Man. Have you said why he ratted the guy out or what happened? Oh, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, that's an important thing, a very important thing. Um, so the reason that he got, he ratted this guy out is because he shot a witness who'd seen a police commit, a policeman committing a crime, um, and then pretended that the the witness had tried to shoot him, and he was like, that, no, that's, that's a nonsense. Um, and so he ratted him out for that, which I think is fair. Um, well, it is, because he's the good egg, not the good egg, the good apple. The, the best apple. Um, so yeah, so then, um, so he finds it's that guy, and, um, and the guy's like, why have you done this? Why have you locked me up like this? This is some sick revenge. And he's like, it's not me. Um, and then I think Piggy, Piggy guy says, like, something about, like, oh, you can save him, or you can let him die, essentially, <laughs> but in more this complicated... This is a really silly bit where it's, like, a cryptic clue where it says, or you can, uh... You can, like you can throw the you can or you can lock him up and leave the key or something. Yeah, like throw the key out. Yeah, throw the key oh, in the trash or throw the key out. That's okay. I didn't get that. Um, so it's this weird mechanism whereby bottles are being like, glass bottles are being like on a conveyor belt are being like mashed up by a machine like some cogs and then spat out um, into the direction of the guys on the stool. And, um, and so it's basically he's being pelted with these kind of broken bits of glass that are kind of like, basically like sort of shredding his back up and like sticking in him. And Zeke has to find the key that's in the trash. I didn't get that at all. Um, to save him. But, and he get in the, in the meantime, gets like loads of glass in his face and all over him. And, uh, he unlocks it, but again, he's dead by the time he gets around to it. Um, so, so then he's like, oh, oh well. Um, so then, uh, he leaves the, the, the warehouse room and, um, yeah, the door opens, he leaves. And then how does he find Rookie? He just like randomly stumbles across him, I guess. Isn't he just in the room, the next room? Yeah. Okay. Um, so then it turns out that Rookie's there and he's like, oh, you bastard. Yeah. He, 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 he calls him disloyal. Yeah. Um, and then I think my first reaction would be like, oh, you're alive. Yay! Oh, <laughs> wait a second. Um, so yeah, so then um, turns out that Rookie was the son of the witness who got shot. Um, and uh, he does this whole bit about how he changed his name and went through the system and how hard it was to get placed in the same team with him and all this stuff. And, um, and then just like... Um, like, and he talks about how, like, basically he, he's faked his death by tattooing 
the, the tattoo onto Benny um, before skinning him, which is really, really silly because it, uh, if anyone knows tattoos, they they don't heal that quickly. <laughs> it would look all scabby yeah. and disgusting. You know, um, I, I misunderstood that bit. I thought, oh no. Mm. Yeah. Um, so um, and then yeah. So he says about like how basically he's um, he is like there to clean up all the dirty cops. He wants to work with Chris Rock to to weed out the dirty cops, and he wants to work together to do that. So Chris Rock will find them and then supply them to him, and he'll kill them or something. Um, which is because he was the son of the person. Yeah. Uh, the son, the son of the witness that died. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So then, um, he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Um. Also, but where's my dad? Um. And he's like, ah, oh, well, come through to this other room. Um. And he goes into this room, and then like the dad is like sort of hanging in the air with all these like uh bottles like draining blood out of him, like loads of them. I think it's too much blood, and I think he would be dead. But he's not dead anyway. Well, especially because he says that a, bo- a human body has a gallon and a half of blood in it, which doesn't sound like an awful lot to me. But anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm no bloodologist. <laughs> um, but the jars definitely between them all have a gallon, at least a gallon. Yeah, it's a lot of blood. Um, and the dad's all like woozy and just like, oh, well, he would save, be. <laughs> save me. And I've got no blood left. I think he'd be like, I'm on, I'm on minus blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Um, this uh, this whole bit, I think, is weird and bullshit. So basically, Chris Rock has a gun. Where did he get the gun from? He gives it to him. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Rookie gives it to yeah. him. Yeah. And he says, this has one bullet in it. You can either shoot me or shoot this target that has a spiral on to save your dad. And it's just like... This seems like an obvious... It's like, right, well, I'll free my dad. Then. Yeah. Like, um, I'll save my dad so he doesn't die. Like, yeah. but I mean, he reveals at this point that the dad, his dad is also crooked, um, and that he was like involved high up in all the kind of like he like um, he kind of oversaw all of the kind of bad uh, dodginess. Um, which again, irrelevant. Like at this juncture, it's still your dad, and also just somebody you want to save the life of if you could. Um, and um, yeah, and he's already shown that he was willing to try and save the life of the guy who yeah he watched kill someone. So yeah. he's obviously not a. It's a man prepared to watch someone die. It's a very stupid idea. So then, um, so then he does shoot the target. Uh, but after a long time of discussing it and thinking about it, mm. he, he then shoots. Yeah, the target. it's like what's the? There's no. Of course, you would do that. Yeah, like why? And also, what what benefit would it have to shoot like him? Like, uh, yeah, it's just stupid. Um, anyway, so then he shoots the target. Dad comes down. Um, but then, so dad's on the floor, covered in his butt, going, um, and, um, and then Chris Rock and, uh, uh, Piggy, um, get into a fight in the elevator, just punching each other for no reason. And, um, and just before that, he'd like slammed a big door shut. Yeah, so um, like a which big is elevator. A, a bit of a, an allusion to the previous films, where often um, it's ended with him just shutting someone yeah. in. Um, so then, um, that happens, and they're just like, I also just don't think he'd be fighting him at this point. I think he'd probably try and look after. He wouldn't mind him getting away, especially because they were surrounded by police. The yeah. Whole so the, the the police then start buzzsawing through the door. Yeah. And there's like a wire. So yeah, because it. Chris Rock is distracted fighting, even though there's a loud buzzsaw cutting through mm-hmm. a door, and like the dad's being like, "Dad, get through the door," um, very quietly because he's dying, um, and. Um, as he cuts through the door, it cuts through some kind of, like, uh, pulley system. 
I actually quite like this bit. Um, but like basically it pulls the dad back up like a puppet, like a marionette. Um, and it makes, it makes the whole room go dark except for some bright lights behind him. Um, and, uh, sort of a gun sort of appears out of, I don't know where it comes from. I it's like it, on his arm somehow. I think it's like, it's just attached to a cord and then it kind of tightens so that he ends up with guns in his hand. Yeah. So, um, so the police come in and see this person holding guns uh, with a backlit and they can't see who it is or what it is. So they just like shoot like loads. And, and there's a flashback earlier to a rookie saying, um, something about whoever's doing this is pulling all the strings. It's yeah. a puppet master sort of thing. Um, so, so then she's dad a lot. Um, and, um, yeah. And then like, like, like Chris Rock's like, and Rookie just goes into the lift and does a little shh face and escapes in the lift. Yeah. You'd think there'd still be police waiting outside as well. They wouldn't send everyone into like hostage gun situation, would they? Yeah. And yeah, and it, yeah. How did he escape? Probably well, the lift goes it. down and the end. Yeah. Um, he alights on the ground floor ah! and leaves just uh, <laughs> saunders off um, <laughs> so that's the end of the, the, the film uh, mm. so this is this beautiful moment yeah. um, thank you, goodbye thank you it's time to talk about representation um, so this will probably be quite brief um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, first of all, women. Um, there is a prominent woman. Women. There is a woman. Anne, prominent <laughs> woman. Uh, <laughs> she's called Anne, prominent woman. Um, who is the chief of police or whatever the role is. Yeah. She's the big boss that everyone listens to. Um, there are a few other um, sort of women cops. Yeah. Um, on equal fit- footing with the man cops. Uh, and then we see briefly Chris Rock's ex-wife. Oh uh, yeah, that's a weird detail, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't add anything yeah. to it. I think his backstory, apart from his relationship with his father, doesn't really. Isn't it? It's kind of like it's. I think it's more like he's married to the job sort of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's weird. So yeah, I mean, it. I think it's. I mean, it's it's a man-heavy film, but I think. Uh, the Saw series in general was, but they always had like one or two really, really super strong women characters. Like there was a, there was the one. I like the woman assistant one. Like the, the woman who's like. Yeah. I, what is her? I want to say Adele. I, I think it's something with A, but I can't remember. I also was thinking of Alex Parks because in, <laughs> in the second one, She's had all her hair cut and it's all spiky and short. So she survives the, like, bear trap that we mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. In the first one. And then she comes under, uh, uh, like, kind of falls into, under, I don't know how to say this. She's taken under John Kramer's wing. The tutelage, yes. Um, And she's really cool. And then in in some of the, like, in, like, the fourth or the fifth one, there's, like, this policewoman with, like, long red hair, like, investigator, who Mm -hmm. kind of takes lead on the investigation and her death which is one of the best ones, is where there's, like, something attached to a rib cage, and she's oh. got to dip her hand in acid, and if she doesn't oh, get the yeah. key out, it, like, rips her rib yeah. cage open. Um, which, that's another death where, even though she passes, she's still killed, but that's because Adele does it. Yeah. She's taken over, and she's she's got a bit trigger-happy. She's, she's gone bonkers. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it has any, like, iconic 
women roles in like central roles like the other one. Yeah, I also think um, like we were calling her Captain Kardashian. It's because she's just like so flawless and like even if she's at a crime scene and like everyone else is sweaty she's like perfect and yeah it's just like i don't know it's just it's, a it's bit a, too it's, silly it, it, unrealistic well that's what i was thinking when i was trying to think about I mean, we might as well cover this about whether there was any queer representation which of course there is not no. um yeah i think there's something about this like torture porn genre of horror um which saw kind of made famous i think mm. um that is quite laddie it's not like it hasn't got the same like uh, sort of comfort of other horrors that is obviously kind of well it feels like it's made for gays and women yeah <laughs> um, like it it feels very unself-aware and very laddie the Saw films and this one especially so um, and I can't imagine Chris Rock trying to appeal to a, a an audience of women and gays no. um, especially all of his like monologues about how women are trash and yeah and about like, how like oh I don't even watch that much porn oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, gross so uh, however in terms of representation of people of colour it's very good it is yeah um, the two lead characters are um, people of colour and also lots of the other characters are as well. Yeah. Um, and also what it does is it, which I don't know how helpful it is to the kind of, I'm sure that if I had the energy, I could try and come up with some sort of like reading that was more political about this and about, but yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't have the energy, but I don't um, think the film deserves it. <laughs> no, well, exactly. But what they, what is interesting about it is that they have this, so that the, the former like top guy was a black man. the, the guy who's leading this investigation is a black man and all of the criminals are not black. Yeah. Um, so like the drug dealer, Benny, the guy who chases all of the, um, so that they're not playing this kind of like white versus black thing in a way that it would be quite easy to do. I think talking about even um, the kind of extras who are like druggies or tweakers, like in the drug scene are all white as well. Aren't they? Um, however, the main culprit is mixed race. I think, because I think his dad looks like he could be Mexican or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of people of colour in various roles. Yeah, um, so I think it is good so representation. Good yeah, um, and much more diverse than all of the other Saw films. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, yeah, no queer representation. No, um, and disability. Disability. Uh, no. Well, I have a thought about this because. Go on. And this is, goes for all of the Saw films. Lots of the time, zzz, um, the the options that you have in a Saw trap are the threat of death or the threat of some sort of disability, disability. which is seen as being not ideal, <laughs> but better than death. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, and we, I feel like we do see characters in some of the earlier films who who survive with disabilities. Like, there's one woman who's got to cut... They've got to cut bits of their flesh off and whoever gets the most wins. And right at the last minute, she cuts her arm off. And I have a feeling we see her later with one arm. Yeah. Um, And, like, so... I mean, it's not like it's not good representation. Because, like, their disability is a result of being tortured for something that they've done wrong. It's like a consequence of bad behaviour, mostly. So, yeah, Yeah. that is very bad representation in that sense. But it's never really presented as disability it's presented more as, like, self-mutilation for survival's sake. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, yes. I mean, so not a great film for representation, apart from having, a like, a, 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 a diverse cast in terms of yeah. like, black and uh, 
other people of colour. Yeah. Um, Should we move on to the awards? Well, the awards! <laughs> Would you like me to lead the song? Yes. It's the, the final awards of the, the season. And which will be the best death? And all the other categories. <laughs> okay. Uh, first award is for best uh, character. For those who have missed us over the last few weeks, just to remind you that this t- tends to be a rather minor character. Oh, yeah, silly one. Who's yours? Uh, uh, mine, I put uh, Piggy Flesh Body. Oh, interesting. Mm. I put Piggy Hog Body. (laughs) 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 No, I actually, Piggy Puppet is what I put. Yeah, um, I liked liked her incarnation as the... I don't know why I'm putting it as a woman, actually, the Piggy Puppet. (gasps) Sexist. Um, But yeah. I guess it's just balance, because Billy was a man. Yeah. I mean, Billy was probably Ah! (laughs) non-binary. The spoopiest bit... Um, it's a really minor bit, but like I really enjoyed the way that the um, piggy man in the cloak looked in the evidence room when he was right at the back. Oh yeah, I thought that looked quite kind of cool for some reason, and it was like, ooh, nice. Mm. The, I feel like the reason that I can't really love the piggy man thing as a visual is because it reminds me too much of the village. You know those like piggy creatures in the red cloaks with the, the porcupine spikes. Oh, I don't remember that well. But anyway. I just I love that film so much that it always just looks like a sort of cosplay of one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I struggled with the spookiest bit because it's not really a scary film. No. Um, it doesn't even have the tension of the other Saw films. No. Um, and it's the uh, the the bit where that guy's caught and the thing goes over his face. Mm. It's like quite a kind of creepy and cool visual that I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's not, really. not. Yeah, it's not a spooky film. Uh, what was the funniest bit? Uh, my my favorite was the bit that I quoted, which is like, like when the rookie's like, "How do you take a coffee in the morning?" and he goes, "Alone." <laughs> it's not like a stupid brat baby. <laughs> my funniest bit is what his dad says when someone, like a reporter, is at the door. And he, like, slams the door in his face and says, sorry, your face was trespassing. And, and then he's like, do you have anything you want to ask me? And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's got, like, a broken nose. And he goes, okay, fuck you very much. And slams the door. I like that bit. That was good, actually. So, best death. Um, I put the dad's death. I liked the way that, that it was all kind of like that puppet thing and the, mm. kind of like the lighting and kind of like... They, I mean, like, I think it made a statement. Obviously, it's quite, like, obvious. But, yeah, it was, it was quite kind mm. of good. I thought I liked it. I actually didn't put a best death. <gasps> because I actually said when we first started watching this, oh, this will be fun for choosing the best death and the worst death. But they're all really shit traps. Like, compared to the yeah, other ones. The like, there are there are some other stinkers. Um, the I'll tell you my worst ever. The worst death yeah. is... The bits of glass being yeah, blown into him. That is shit. Um, and I also think it would take a lot longer for him to die from that than he than happens in the film. Yeah, yeah. I think in the whole franchise, it's only the second worst death. And the worst one is in... I think it's in Saw 3, where the guy who's done a hit and run has to go through the rooms and do like a challenge in each room to see if he can... Or no, his kid's been hit by a car or something and he has to... Anyway, there's like a lawyer... 
who's yeah, lying yeah, yeah, in this yeah. like pit and then these these pigs are being all cut up and then the the guts and stuff are being flooded into uh, a pool yeah. really, really slowly. And it's like, I'm not sure what the threat is here. He's probably just going to float up with them as yeah, it builds up. Yeah, swim. Yeah, um, that's the shittest one. But this is very closely behind it. But I didn't really enjoy any of them. No, and like, yeah, there, was, there wasn't enough time for there to be any tension or to like take it in or like even be like, ouchie. Mm. Uh, it was just like, oh, well, okay. Well, maybe the tongue death was a little bit... Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- um, I think that the thing with the tongue death was it all happened. I feel is that the the gruesome bit all happened so quickly right at the end yeah, exactly. that you couldn't really take it in. Do you remember what your favourite of the whole s- franchise are? I know what one of my worst is actually in terms of just being like, um, is where the person has to go into the pit of uh, yes, needles. needle pit, needle teetles. Yes, like that is that's syringe, Adele. Yeah, um, the syringe pit. It's just like that makes me die every time. Like it's just like there are a lot worse like deaths in terms of the pain and mm-hmm. stuff, but something about like syringe pit is just like Ooh! yeah. Um, um, yes, so I have three that stick out in my mind. From well, actually, I have four. One of them is the needle pit, uh, which is from Saw 2. I don't remember which ones the others are from. But there's one where, I think she's like a sex worker or something. Um, there's like a sort of thing that's pulling her hair out of her scalp very slowly. Um, and it like rips her scalp off. I like that one. And I think from the same one, there's a fat guy on a bed who I think has like abused sex workers or something. And he's like chained with his arms back. And there's this thing. I don't know what he's got to do, but there's these two like... Little things that like fall and stab his eyes out, or because it's because he watches so much porn. That's what it is. Um, and his eyes get stabbed out. And then the other one is where the the main guy, the like policeman person, has got like a tank that's filling up with water on his head, mm. and he manages to escape by sticking a biro oh, through, giving yeah. himself like a tracheotomy. Yeah, those are those are the three that stick out the most. But like, there were no really good ones in this one. I didn't think. No. Like, I like the idea of the hot wax dripping on her face, but to save herself by severing her spinal cord just seemed stupid. And also, it looked like she'd sort of done some severing. Well, the but... thing is, so what she'd have to do is like just move her head back and forward and put weight down on her, on her neck. Yeah. You'd have to work fairly hard to send yeah. your spinal cord to it. And it felt like the whole wires was coming out like immediately. Yeah, um, it was too... If it had been a slower drip or something, yeah. there would have been more tension, but... Yeah. Yeah. There was no tension. Yeah. So what was the queerest moment? I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Okay. Um, I you some queer reading or something. Yeah, I, I can't even be asked. Um, <laughs> what is the... Um, and the sexiest moment? Sexiest moment. No, not moment. <laughs> My sexiest moment is when he had his hands ripped off. Um, oh, sorry. Sexiest character. Uh, mine's Rookie Piggy. Um, I thought he was hot. Oh, I've put Angie Kardashian. Oh, okay. Um, she was beautiful, if not a little unrealistically so. <laughs> yeah, I like Rookie Cop's really thick eyebrows. They're like a, a mile wide. Yeah, he was, a, he was a cutie. Um, um, so overall, overall thoughts. Um, a stinker, mm. um, and uh, a hoodwinker. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, just it, just like it's sad. It's obviously that it just kind of like like the sway of Chris Rock meant that they kind of like pushed it through, and that 
Um, and it kind of became the Chris Rock show. Yeah, you? and it's like, I think it, like, like so much of it, because when I was reading about it in the interviews, it would sound like he just kept, like, changing stuff and, like, coming up with new ideas for mm. different things and, like, changing his dialogue and it just, like, sounded like he just, like, became a bit of, like, a monster on set and just, like, took over the whole film, essentially. Mm. And I think that... He's yeah, also just not very talented, though. Like, he's not no, a good actor. His acting was... At um, um, he's not a likeable lead at all. No. It's just, like, yeah, like, really awful. Like, really kind of, like... And I think um, the, the sympathy is meant to come from his backstory of him, like, not getting on with his dad and him, like, breaking up with his wife and not being able to see his son or something, which is, like, very hardly in it, but just, like, is meant to give character depth mm. and it just doesn't. It's, like, because he's just, like, annoying and whiny and, like, foul-mouthed and, like, misogynist yeah. and, like, ugh, it's just, like, yeah, not not for me. Um, uh, yeah, and the story was... I mean, the... It's, yeah. I mean, none of the stories in the this, this, this sort of films are really that important. It's more about the deaths, really, aren't they? And, and there weren't even that many of them. No. So it was about half an hour in, and there'd only been one yeah. trap. And none of the traps were even worth waiting. I think there were, like, six traps. Yeah. And normally there's, like, <laughs> a billion. And they're yeah. all, like, they all kind of outdo the one before them. And you kind of watch it for the kind of campy schlock of it. Yeah, like, the kind of elaborate trap, and they're kind oh. of like, oh, my God. Uh, like, the reveal of the trap. But with this one, it's like... I'm going to break some bottles and th- throw them at your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull your fingers off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just wasn't, it, it just weren't very imaginative. And, like, that's the whole purpose. Of, well, I mean, it, that, like, basically the film is, like, the vehicle for the traps, essentially. Yeah. And it's just, like, if the traps aren't good and the film is also shit, then it's just, like, what have you got left, Sean? Yeah, it's like, it's like having a Mortal Kombat film without the fatalities. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the characters, but I don't really need to hear their stories. I just want to see them kill each other. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so disappointing. Because, like, we, I think we enjoyed all of the other ones, really. I can't remember. Yeah, we, there was one time where we kind of watched them all pretty much back-to-back, like, over a couple... Well, like, over a week or something. One watch. day. Um, <laughs> and, like... They get more and more convoluted. Like, the, the, the plots are really muddy and all of them. The plot yeah, was more yeah. simple in this one. But one thing that really missed from this one is, like, even though the plots get really silly in the early ones, at the moment where they're playing, like, and they have all the, like, reveal of the twists and figuring out who's done what, everything kind of falls into place in the other one. In this one, even though we understood what was happening, we didn't really understand, like, the big choice he had to make between either shooting his, saving his father or killing the other person. It's just like... Well, save your father, and then yeah. you don't have to kill the other one. Like it shouldn't be able. Yeah, yeah. It, it just no, it, there was no decision. There was no urgency it. about it either. Yeah. Really, it was like, well, I'll wait until the police get here and make up my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. they're just outside, I'll open the door. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and also, which we didn't mention, it was very predictable because the first person that we guessed it was going to be yeah, yeah. was the guy that it was. Yeah. Um, and I, in fact, about halfway through, I even said, "Oh, he's going to be getting revenge on the father because he said that's why I'm doing all this." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it was like a really lazy uh, version of something that should have been very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was funny as well because I was like reading, like, obviously, like an interview with the director who was obviously saying that he loved it and thought it was incredible. But um, 
and um, there was a question about like the surviving characters and what's going to happen with them. And um, he's like, we've left it open so that there's a possibility of another mm. film. It's just like, there won't be another film, like, I don't think. I no, think this, well, is, this uh, has been panned, I think. Yeah, it really has. But what, the other thing I said when watching it was that, because obviously it's like Chris Rock's pet and he wants it to the, to kind of breathe life into the franchise again of course he's going to survive because he's going to have to be the character that is in all of the others as well yeah um, gross yeah so how many pumpkins um well we've never have we done oh I guess we did Babadoo that we absolutely hated didn't we but no. um uh, I don't know actually this is hard because I really don't I think it was quite charmless really yeah it was um like, maybe one pumpkin? Yeah, I think I will go for one as well, which puts it on a par with the Babadook. Yeah, um, I just, um... I mean, if I choose between the Babadook and the film, I choose the Babadook, I think. Um, yeah, I would, just because there's at least a few scares in it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, this is just, like, quite a kind of hollow, kind of mm. sad... It was like a pastiche of a saw film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without any of the charm. Yes. Oh, well, great to end the season on... <laughs> That's a tie, on, 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 on a low. <laughs> well, well done, Saw. You've got exactly the number of pumpkins that you deserve. I, ho- I hope you soft that. <laughs> It's time for the Um, so, uh, inspired by the boring tracks <laughs> in this, uh, instalment, hopefully the final instalment of the Soul franchise, um, I'm going to talk you through, uh, my ten favourite medieval torture devices. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're not in any particular order, but I, I saved the more scandalous ones till the end. Can't wait. Um, some of them you might know, some of them you might not. Old favourites. Yeah. <laughs> some, fir- some firm friends. Uh, some, Unknown uh, classics. Some, so, so, some new arrivals. <laughs> some unfamiliar faces. Some rookies. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first one is called The Brazen Bull. Oh, I don't know. Um, so the brazen bull is uh, a hollow brass statue that looks like a bull. Right. Um, and victims would be put inside of it, um, and uh, usually they'd have their tongues cut out because Just might as well. Might as well. Um, and then the little door would be shut. The, the bronze bull door <laughs> would be shut, <laughs> so they'd be sealed in. And then uh, a fire would be lit around the bull. <gasps> Um, so, and because it was bronze, it would heat up and, uh, they, uh, uh, it's unlikely that their screams would have been heard through the bronze anyway, but also they didn't have a tongue. tongue. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, uh, but if they did have a tongue, apparently the sounds would sound like a real bull. <laughs> I don't know why. What? I don't know why. Just because of the muffle of the bronze, I guess, and the crackling flames creates a bull roar. <laughs> I'm not sure if bulls roar. Um, a bull mew. Mew? <laughs> a, 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 a moo. <laughs> the mewing of bulls. <laughs> it's like the silence of the lambs. <laughs> um... Uh, yes, so that was that one. Wait, did they just die then? Like, well, no a lot sort of... of these torture ones are really kind of like 
you're killing them. Yeah. So, the, the, next, a so way. the next one, number two, is also a little bit of a cheat because it's the steak. And the steak tended to be a way Just... of uh, a lovely, a medium. <laughs> um, <laughs> tended to be. You don't get it cooked the way you want it. No! <laughs> um, it tended to be something that happened at the end of a lot of torture because it would kill people. But there was also the belief that if you were a witch, you wouldn't die. But not many witches were actually burned on the state. They tend to be drowned. Oh. But um, So uh, the, uh, the the reason I included this is because I found a detail that I thought was um, was quite chilling. So they would, uh, they would create a pile of dry wood with a stake at the centre, tie the victim to it and then light it. Um, the fire does all the work. It usually took about half an hour before the victim loses consciousness. Ugh. I know. Um, but if it was windy and the fire was blowing away from the victim, he or she might have to endure up to two hours of slowly Ooh. being burned to death. Slow roasted. Yeah. And most of the time, uh, people being tortured on or being killed on the stake would already have uh, been through torture before, like being stretched on a rack or something. Um, not living their best life. No, so it would be especially awful. It would be the terrible cherry on the terrible pie. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, in the Netherlands, they had another twist, which was a cherry on top of the cherry on top of the pie, <gasps> uh, which was that they would, before uh, they tied them to the stake, they would put the victim's tongue between two hot iron plates. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so, it means that the uh, that when they screamed, their tongue would be all swollen up and burned. Oh, so it would be even more painful and it would be like muffled sounds. And apparently that was for the purpose of uh, just a little added bonus for the purpose of the audience's entertainment. Um, wow. Yes. So coming in at number three. <laughs> these are in any order. Coming in. We've got a, a new entry. Here, <laughs> three, uh, up three places. Uh, um, so this is a, a, well, probably the well one of the most well known ones, but I thought it was worthy of mention as well, which is the Iron Maiden. So uh, the Iron Maiden was for a long time thought to be fictional because it seemed so gruesome, but then uh, there was one found, <laughs> and then evidence documenting that it had been used. Um, so it was kind of like a sarcophagus with spikes on the inside doors. And uh, the idea was that when the doors were shut, they wouldn't kill you because they were so, they were quite short spikes. So they'd just be enough to make you bleed. Um, so you'd be bleeding from all over your body and very slowly bleed to death. They also normally had two that would hit you in the eyes oh, as well. beautiful. Yes. And it, the... Um, uh, yeah, so they, it, would, they, it would take them several hours to bleed to death. Um, the uh, yes, yeah, so, so the first documented one found was in Nuremberg uh, in the 1800s, and so often the Iron Maiden is sometimes known as the Iron Maiden of Nuremberg. Oh. And I also read somewhere that there was that there was another kind that didn't look like a sarcophagus. It was like a, a, a like a it, it it looked like the Virgin Mary, and you went inside of that and, and died. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like um, that one. But also, it's like uh, on Matilda, Mrs. Trunchbull puts kids in the chokey, which is like a little cupboard with spikes on it. Uh, but yeah. the spikes don't go into them. It just, <laughs> it just means that they have Filthy. to stand yeah, over two hours. Um, so next we have the Breast Ripper. Lots oh, of the... Um, I wonder what that does. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of, uh, there were lots of torture devices um, uh, specifically made for women. Uh, men and women tended to be tortured differently. Um, and uh, <laughs> Equality. <laughs> um, equity. Yes! <laughs> um, 
And the breast ripper was a metal claw um, that, uh, so the victim would be tied to the wall and then the claw would be attached to boobs and pulled away, uh, like shredding the skin off them. Um, and it was used as a method of punishment and also interrogation. And um, uh, and like mutilated breasts on women were, um, were tended to be a sign that they were convicted of heresy, adultery and other such crimes. Wow. Actually, I didn't include What's it. What's heresy again? I, I can't remember. I think it's when uh, it's a bit like it's a bit like it's not like treason, but it's something along uh, something not being godly or something. Oh yeah, my, but yeah, being a heretic is about being uh, like blasphemous or un ungodly. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, just uh, Google this. It's yeah, belief or opinion contrary to orthodox religion, especially Christian. Uh, Christian. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so next on the list is another uh, uh, trigger warning, sort of sexually related one. Um, and this is used on both men and women. Uh, so it's called the Pair of Anguish. Um, <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Oh my God, it does. <laughs> About veganism. <Yeah. laughs> um, so it's a tool that is kind of shaped like a pear. So like now we're on the top and wider at the bottom. And it's got like kind of like scissor bits. And like it's got like things at the end that kind of open it up and close up and the idea is that it either goes in the throat the anus or the vagina and is opened up and it opens up like these in kind of like four leaves that are like spiky and metal and it would slowly open up and like extend whichever orifice it wasn't kind of cut it to shreds sounds kind of beautiful like I mean in terms of it being like a pear that becomes leaves oh yes and, and shreds the inside of your anus yeah sounds beautiful um, so it was mainly it was mainly used on uh, women and homosexuals oh. um, and uh, yeah so it's used for suspected witches and suspected uh, bitches <laughs> um, uh, so it, this was rarely fatal but this would normally be followed by other torture. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the other one is a simple one, uh, just simple classic. You would be, it's called the saw, and you'd be oh. hung upside down by your ankles, um, normally naked and normally in public. Most of these would be public. Um, and you'd be suspended by your ankles from like a, like a washing line. <laughs> it's not quite a washing line, but like a rope yeah. um, that was held up on two like uh, poles. And then uh, uh, two people would stand either well, one person would stand either side of you with one of those like double-edged saws, and they just saw you from uh, oh. from the the crotch downwards, which is up to your head. And, oh, I see, <laughs> upside down. I was like, Whoa. yeah, and, <laughs> and so you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't bleed out super quickly because you would have been left hanging upside down for a long time, oh. so that most of the blood would rush to your head. Um, so you would probably be very aware. Of what was going on, because you wouldn't lose. Very aware. Uh, yeah, I'm quite aware of what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next in the, uh, the, the the top ten is rat torture, which is again very well known. Which yeah. is where um, they would put a cage on your chest and put a rat in there that was very severely starved, and uh, their way of trying to get out would be to burrow Ugh. inside of you. Um, and then there's another one which I thought was really interesting, which I think is perhaps the most gruesome in a weird way. Uh, it's called scaphism, uh, which I'd never heard of. And uh, it's uh, it would also be known as the boats. And it's basically, you would be like wedged between two 
boats, like, so that you almost look like a turtle. So that, like, your head was out and your legs and your arms were out, but there'd be, like, a boat. You'd be, like, in a boat, and then there'd be a boat, like, on top of you, like a sandwich, but with holes. You know, like a boaty sandwich. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, wait, would you be on your back? No. Yes. Yes. I think so. Okay. Um... The, uh, so, yes, an upside-down turtle. Yeah, um, I see. Um, so then, uh, the but the idea of this would be that you would be eaten to death by bugs. So, oh. I'll explain further. So, you'd be placed... I'm just reading from a website I found. So, the victim would be placed in the boat, and then another boat would be placed on top. The victim's feet, head, and hands were left exposed to the elements. The victim would be left to bake in the hot sun... Uh, between the boats for days while being eaten alive by bugs and vermin. Oh Unable to escape their f- floating death chamber. Oh, so it would be put on water um, as well. Um, the victim would eventually succumb to the slow, painful death caused by the many bites and infectious wounds they uh, endured. Why are there so many bugs um, in this water? Anyway, so, to make things worse, bef- before being placed between the boats, the victim would be forced to ingest massive amounts of milk and honey. Extra honey was placed on the body to attract uh, even more insects and vermin, which would eventually devour the live victim bite by bite. The victim uh, usually dying of exposure and infection rather than the bites themselves. Uh, Sometimes this torture would last for several days. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the, I, I also read a different version of this where they'd be put covered in honey and put inside a hollowed out tree. Uh, um, and the same thing would happen there. Um, so, interesting. Yes. so there are just two more which, again, are slightly sexual in nature and uh, are quite similar in nature as well. One is called the Judas Cradle, and or the Pyramid Chair. Oh. <laughs> and the other one is called the Spanish Donkey. Oh my god, I something you'd find at a fetish club now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the Judas Cradle sounds like it could potentially be quite pleasurable for the first, like, five minutes or so. <laughs> so, uh, the Judas Cradle, also known as the Judas Chair or the Pyramid Chair, was a torture device invented in the 16th century in Spain. Uh, during the torture, the, uh, the criminal, in this case, was first positioned in the waist harness above a sharp pyramid-shaped seat. Oof. The point was then inserted into anus or vagina of the person, and the person was slowly lowered by a system of ropes. The victims were usually naked, adding to the overall humiliation of the torture. I don't think I'd be that bothered if I was <laughs> naked about it. It's like, oh, I'm so shy! <laughs> um... And tortured by intense pressure and stretching of the orifice. Sometimes various weights were tied to the legs to dramatically increase the pain and eventually tear muscular tissues uh, of the orifice. This torture could last for a few hours to a few days. Uh, The device was never washed, so the torture could often lead to painful infection. It's like, I'm not really... I don't think I'd be that bothered about the hygiene of my pyramid death stool. (laughs) Oh, I've got a terrible case of crabs after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, the Spanish donkey is similar to Judas's cradle, but much worse. (gasps) Um, So, the Spanish donkey is also known as the wooden horse. It was mostly used in the Spanish Inquisition during the late Middle Ages. Um, so I've seen a picture of it, and it looks a bit like, you know, like a, not a hobby horse, what they're called, those, uh, it's like a gym thing where you, like, jump over. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, they're just called a horse. A horse, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so it, it's it's like that, um, but narrow and sort of triangular at the top. And they do a similar thing where they would have you, like, kind of legs astride this bit and attach uh, weights to your feet so that you were being kind of forced down on your genital area. Um, 
And um, according to historical sources, the wedge occasionally sliced entirely through the victim as a result of too much weight being attached to his or her feet. Um, the uh, and also one of the pictures I saw, they had like little kind of like metal screws in them as well, um, just for added, just for fun, pleasure, for for their pleasure. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So that's that's the 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 ten. Which was your favourite? The pear one. Because it was beautiful. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful pear that blossoms into flower. No, flower leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, nice. <laughs> what was nice. your favourite? Uh, well, I mean, I like the pear just because it's called the pear of anguish. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I, like, I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I like the brazen bull because it reminds me a bit of the wicker man. It seems quite pagany. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's horrible. Yeah. Which would you rather have happen? Uh, uh, I just I keep thinking pair anguish, pair, but I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want any. Which which hole really. would you choose the pair of anguish to go into? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think no. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have to be like a little tiny. Yeah. <laughs> which probably would defeat the object really, of the agony. Um, well, that's that's the spoopy bit over. Yeah, I wanted to say as well, actually, there's a torture thing that's always in films that isn't a real thing that I wanted to talk about. Do you know when people are chained up by their arms mm. um, in films? Um, it's actually, like, either side, like, um, and they're hung from that. Um, you can't actually survive if you're hung up like that because it collapses your lungs, apparently. So it's like a trope in films so that isn't actually possible to do in real life which is the same as crucifixion um, oh, you, yes. as, you asphyxiate from crucifixion yeah um, that makes sense because of the the weight on your like the ch- pressure on yeah, your I chest or something really I can't I um, how it happens yeah no but yeah but that's oh, we've been to my head. all these years so many tropes so many lies I can't believe they've done this I know well I wonder if we should say goodbye for this season no uh, and thank you to our loyal listeners. Listener. And a loyal <laughs> listener. And, and a couple of disloyal listeners as well. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you after summer. Yes, the summer break. Have have a, a Guranine summer of hot goth summer. Yes, and see you soon. And don't get any pairs of anguish <laughs> <laughs> in you okay, yeah good advice for summer <laughs> <laughs>